mean, everyone. So if you're still getting breakfast, no worries. We've got a lot. Uh, take your time. But as we do here, can we give a round of applause to everyone who served this morning in some capacity? Come on, show some love. There's, uh, there's so many teams that, that make Mountainside Church run every single Sunday and even throughout the week and this kind of thing. So we, we say we thank you and appreciate uh, that. If this is your first time ever here, I want to say thanks for being here. This is a good week for you to come. Uh, if you fill out the blue card on your chair and leave it at the back, we have a free gift for you. Uh, just to say we appreciate you being here, checking us out. That's awesome. I have one announcement I want to bring up just because it's, it's very important and it's coming up soon. We have the Watoto Children's Choir coming all the way from Africa, which is crazy. So, so basically, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So basically, in Uganda, incredible church, country of Uganda in Africa, there's a church called Watoto, and this church is an incredible church. They find these orphans and these children that literally have no one and they have nothing. And they would literally die if it were not for this church community, this family that just kind of comes together, takes these kids, uh, gives them a family, tells them the good news about how God loves them, gives them hope for future. And these kids grow up to be successful people in society. And just it's, it's so exciting uh, what they're doing. So they actually have uh, a group of those children, about 15 of those children, come over here to Canada. And they're traveling all over. So we have the, the honor of hosting them when they come to Binbrook, okay? So at St. Matt's School on February 4th, they're going to be here and they're going to be singing songs and sharing their stories. So it's going to be a powerful night. I really want to encourage you to, to make it a priority to, to come out to that. And at the end of service, we'll tell you uh, about how you can help actually that night. And it, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, just a reminder, if you're junior youth, uh, you are dismissed, okay? We're going to try dismissing you around breakfast time from now on. But if you're still here, you are dismissed. You can head out to the foyer. Have a, have a great time there, okay? So... I was picking up my son Noah, I, I have a, a three-year-old son and a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and I was picking up my son Noah from preschool for the first time since Christmas, and, you know, he totally forgot there even was preschool, and he's like, oh yeah, preschool, I love preschool, you know, this is awesome. And at the end of the day, uh, he, he's, he's coming towards me, and, and you know, I, I see his face, he looks so happy, and, I, and y- you know, you feel so good as a dad. When, when your kid genuinely misses you, you know, it's just like your heart is like, oh, that's like so precious, you know, this kind of thing. So I, I give him a hug and I say, Noah, I missed you so much. I missed you so much. And he says, Dada, I know exactly how you feel. I miss mama so much today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. I'm like, well, d- did you miss someone else? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, Daddy. Yeah, I miss Sayla too, <laughs> which is my other daughter. And, and, yeah, my daughter. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so it was, it was, uh, you know, it's always fun getting back into the routine of things. You know, kind of get back to regular life. And this is our first normal week back here. You know, we had a service last week, but it was Family Sunday, so this is our first normal one. And it's it's an important one. And I, I want to say I genuinely miss you all, okay, but whether you know, as someone else did or not. Uh, th- this is an important week, though, because it's Vision Sunday today. It's Vision Sunday. And last year we had this vision called Anchor Year, and we're going to give you an exact update on the final numbers of that soon. But today I want to set the tone of what 2020 looks like for us as a church, as a local church, as, as Mountainside Church. I, I believe that, as I do every year, of course, that this is going to be the best year that we've had. I believe that God, that's how God works. He progressively moves forward. And I think that just incredible things are going to happen this year in, in 2020. So whether you're new here, whether you've been here since the very beginning, this is the perfect week for you to be just to figure out who we are and just to f- find out where we're going 
this year, okay? So we're going to get right into it, and I just want to read you some Bible verses that are going to give a, a framework and some context of what this theme is this year and, and kind of the, the vision and the goals that we have for 2020, okay? So I'll give you some context. We believe here at Mountainside Church that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that God loves the world, that Jesus came from heaven and earth physically. He died on the cross. He rose again, that all of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, we can have a new start in Jesus. And one of the last things that Jesus said before he physically went back to heaven, when he was here walking physically on earth, one of the last things he said was this. So he, he called together his, his, his disciples, his closest friends, the people he was teaching, and he said this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that's one of the most talked about verses, especially here, but really just the church in general, no matter where you go. This is a common thing. This is called the Great Commission. And, and there's this phrase there called, uh, that says, make disciples. Make disciples. And, and that is central to what the local church is all about. And this is, this is what we do. Make disciples. And, and it, it's all about discipleship. Jesus' last kind of uh, a commission to us is go make disciples. Go be disciples. It's all about this thing called discipleship. Discipleship. And, and, you know, following Jesus, as we become his disciple, we find life in its very fullest. We find a satisfaction in him that we can find nowhere else in the world. A, a completeness that we find in him that we can find nowhere else in the world. But there's a problem with this word, discipleship. It doesn't always translate to, say, Binbrook, Ontario, 2020. It doesn't always translate, and, 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 and sometimes we, we misunderstand what, what it can mean, okay? And this is what I think often what we think discipleship means, is we think it's called, a, a, another fancy word, called evangelism. Evangelism. And evangelism is, is when you go and you help someone find out who God is, and it's when you help someone find out that Jesus loves them, and, and, and they, they have faith themselves in Jesus. That's what evangelism is. But discipleship and evangelism, they are not the same thing. Discipleship and evangelism are not the same thing. And it's funny, I was talking to some friends recently, and I was kind of talking about this, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, discipleship, when you help someone find God. And it's like, well, that's like kind of, but discipleship is actually more than that. Uh, it, it, it's partially true. But discipleship, what, what we mean in this context, when, when reading that scripture, when, when we're talking about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, this is what it means. It means becoming more like Jesus. It means becoming more like Jesus. So if someone over here doesn't know who God is and doesn't realize that God loves them, and they slowly are on this path where they realize, whoa, God loves me. Whoa, God actually has a call in my life. I actually have a purpose in life. That is discipleship because they're becoming more like Jesus. That's true. But that's not only discipleship. Discipleship is also for those of us that have been in the church, the local church, our entire lives. And we, we've put faith in Jesus and in God a long time ago. Discipleship is still for us, though. Discipleship is still for us. It's this never-ending journey where we become more loving, more disciplined, more of a, a, of a servant. All the qualities that Jesus had, we become more like him, right? So I, I want to look quickly at the Greek word for make disciples here. And we actually talk about this all the time. I hope that you've heard this three or four times from me already. I hope it gets to the point where you like start rolling your eyes like, we get it, Bronson. <laughs> we get it. This word, methetio. It's this Greek word, methetio. And when Jesus said, 
go make disciples, if you actually heard him talking, it would have been go matheio. Go matheio. Go and make disciples. And, and this Greek word, it is not referring to the sit down in a classroom setting where there's a teacher at the front with a chalkboard and you sit down and you take notes. It's not that kind of learning, but it, it is learning though. It is learning. It means that someone is becoming more like someone else through friendship, through spending time with one another. So when Jesus said, go make disciples, he wasn't saying, go, you know, stand in front of a big crowd and start preaching. Go, don't go to your cafeteria or, or go to your cafeteria or your workplace and just go preach to everyone. That's not what he was saying when he said, go make disciples. Uh, uh, you almost could l literally say it like this. He was really saying, go spend time with one another to the point where you actually make each other better and you actually make each other more like me. Where you spend time together through regular everyday life and through friendships, you become better followers of Jesus. Go deeper in your faith. So that's the goal, okay? That's one of the final things that Jesus says to us. Go make disciples. Go, and it's all about discipleship. It's all about discipleship. Our walk in, in our faith in God and believing in God, it all comes back down to, to that, right? Being Jesus' disciple. And not just to help someone else become a disciple, but, and that's a part of it, but us ourselves becoming better disciples, whether we've been in this forever or just a little bit, okay? So here's the question, though. Here's the question. So how do we actually go do that then? How do we actually become better disciples? How do we make sure that we're helping other people find out who God is? How are we making sure that we keep growing in our faith, going deeper in our faith? And I, I want to quickly just go through a bunch of, like, just like bullet verses here. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Oh, saved by the bell. There it is. Uh, the bells are on today, by the way. <laughs> okay, just so you know. Um, but I want, I want to look at some verses of how Jesus made his disciples. And I'm wondering if we can mimic him or, or, or take some truths there and maybe use Jesus as a model about how we make disciples, how we can be disciples, okay? So here's some verses. I'm going to go through them really quick, okay? Because there's a lot here, but I, I think it's important in kind of getting this concept in our head, okay? So the first one is Mark 3. Jesus went up on a mountainside, what, what, mountainside, and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. So that's actually when Jesus first chose his disciples. And, and basically that means they would go and they would just follow Jesus and just spend time with Jesus. They became friends. And yes, there was screen clear, there's a teacher and the students, but it wasn't a classroom setting. It was just living life, experiencing things together, going through, through moments together, get, building memories together. And, and, and this is why we are called Mountainside, by the way. Is, is there's a lot of mountainside references in the scripture, but primarily it's this, is that when Jesus made disciples for the first time in history, the first Christian disciples were made, and we want to be a local church where people can come and, and, and meet each other and build friendships here where new people can also become disciples, but we also can keep getting discipled, right? Okay, the next one, John 3. It says this, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Look at that. Spent some time with them. So Jesus would go and just spend time with his disciples. Just spend time. Uh, look, look at the next one, Matthew 13. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable. So the, the context of this story is Jesus is, there's, there's massive crowds and Jesus is teaching them about God and teaching them about the kingdom of God and about heaven and, and just life and this kind of thing. And he would tell them parables, like these stories, kind of these analogy type things, right? 
and he would teach them about God. And later when they were alone, just Jesus and his close friends, just Jesus and his disciples, they said, okay, now that it's just us, not the big crowds anymore, like now that it's just a small group of us here, what, what did you mean by that? Can we go a little deeper? I, I want to learn a little bit more. Can you open that up a little bit? What did you mean when you said this, this kind of thing? You, it's cool. You can go through deeper conversations, right, when, when you're alone in doing that. Uh, Matthew 9, it says this. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, so Matthew's this kind of guy, <laughs> many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So Jesus, and I, I love how Jesus, he, he doesn't care who he spends time with. He just loves people, you know. I, I think that's something that, that at least I need to break. It's like this kind of person or this kind of person who we're going to associate with. Jesus just associates with everyone. But I, I, I love this verse. You know why I love it? Because they just ate food. <laughs> Amen, right? This is awesome. Jesus would go and just spend time eating food with his disciples. How did Jesus make disciples? They had dinners together. They had lunches together. They had breakfast together. It's awesome. Uh, look at the next one, Matthew 9. Um, while he was saying this, I, I know we're kind of just in the middle of a bunch of stories here, but a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. So someone comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my daughter died. I, want, I believe that I actually have the faith that God can heal her. Come and heal my daughter. And Jesus is about to go do this awesome thing. He's like, whoa, whoa, I'm not going alone. Disciples, you, you come, come with me. Again, there's just this togetherness. There's just this community, right? There's just this, this deep friendship where they're always together, always learning. They're learning more what it means to be who Jesus is. Uh, just a, a, a few more here, okay? Um, in Matthew 17, after six days, Jesus went, or Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by, look at that, by themselves, by themselves, away from the crowd, just the four of them together, just the four of them spending time together. Uh, Matthew 26, my appointed time is near, I'm going to celebrate the Passover, that was a big festival, with my disciples at your house, I love that, they just celebrate together, they just celebrate together, this is awesome, it, it, and at someone's house, not in a public moment, it's like when you get to someone's house, it's like personal, right? Often, like, it's kind of like, whoa, we're, we're, there's something more than just acquaintances here. There's, there's family here. Uh, second last one, I think. Or maybe this is the last one. Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. So Jesus, this is right before he dies on the cross. Who does he bring with him? His disciples. He says, I need you guys to come with me. And just be with me as I'm going through this. It's like the hardest time that you can comprehend right he's like i need you to be with me i don't want to be alone i want you to be with me i want you to be with me so how are we supposed to be disciples based on all these and these are just examples right i mean there's there's a thousand more you can find but look do you notice how it was never in a classroom setting do you notice how it was just them living their life right jesus had a group of a few friends and there's just deep community in that and because of that community, the more and more time they spent together, the more and more they became just like Jesus. And you find out later in the scriptures, uh, uh, other people see the disciples and they're not, with Je they're not with Jesus anymore. But they notice, they're like, whoa, there's something different about them. And we do remember, they spent a lot of time with Jesus. Ooh, I think there's a connection there. I think there's a, a connection there. So how do we become better disciples of Jesus? Because what about this? We don't have Jesus physically here on earth anymore, right? 
Like, it's not like we can physically have Jesus here. And it's like, hey, I'm going to go get lunch with Jesus. This is awesome. I'm going to learn and be mentored by Jesus. And Jesus is going to physically teach me how to do this. And he's going to tell me what to say and this kind of thing. We don't have that anymore, right? Like the disciples did. So how are we supposed to do that? If, if all those verses were the goal, how do, we, how do we do that without him physically here, right? And, and this next part, this is why this is so significant, this next part, okay? Look at this. One more verse for you about how Jesus made disciples in Luke chapter 10. Now, after this, the Lord had appointed 70 others. So he had his 12 disciples. Now he, he has 70, so there's a lot more here. And sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come where he himself was going to come. So Jesus chooses 70 people, and he decides, you know, I have my 12 disciples. I'm going to create some more disciples now. I'm actually going to have 70 disciples now. And look, I want you to notice, he sends them out not with him, with someone else. And he doesn't send them out alone. He sends them out together. He sends them out with others. There's something about being together. There's something about uh, uh, one person versus two people going together. There, there's that old concept, right, in, in the scriptures of iron sharpens iron. You make each other better. And here Jesus is actually giving us an example of how he was making new disciples, of how he was actually discipling people, a.k.a. making them more like him. But look, he wasn't actually physically there, though. But yet, he was making disciples. Look, th th this is more important than we realize. This is the first time in history that new disciples of Jesus are being made. But Jesus isn't even there physically. He's sending them out. Who were who they with then? They were with each other. They, they, were, they were with each other. Look, this is what this tells me, okay? It is possible to become Jesus' disciple and to actually grow as a disciple and to become more like Jesus, even if Jesus is physically not there. It's the first time in history that happened that. But it didn't happen alone. It happened in groups. In groups, right? So, so this year in, in, in 2020, I want us to keep the main thing the main thing, right? What's the main thing? Which is discipleship. Growing in God, becoming more like Jesus, going deeper in our faith, not being okay and not just satisfied with where we're at, but, but acknowledging, whoa, God actually has more for me. God has more growth for me. God wants to do more things through me. I actually can know who God is a little bit more this year than last year. Discipleship. And, uh, you know, a, a, another way of saying that is almost let's become more like Jesus this year. Let's help other people become more like Jesus this year. So how do we do that here at Mountainside? How do we, because it's tough, right? Because all the examples I was reading to you, it was just everyday life. How do you, how do you, um, how do we be intentional with that, but in, in everyday life? Here at Mountainside, we do it through these, these beautiful things called community groups, community groups. And basically what a community group is, is uh, a, a group of people, a group of friends that, or, or people that, acquaintances even, at first, you know, where you meet together either once a month or twice a month or every single week, whatever it looks like, um, whether it's at Tim Hortons or at someone's house or at a Starbucks or wh whatever, and you just spend time together, and you get to know each other better. You hear each other's stories. 
And, you, you know, a, a lot of time we, we show a, a, a video of like, a, like preaching, like what we're doing today. And you just watch like a 30-minute video and then afterwards talk about it, this kind of thing. And, and it's basically what Jesus did with his disciples. You just spend time with one another. You eat some food. You celebrate together. You get to know each other better. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be this intense, uptight thing. It can be really laid back and really relaxed. It doesn't have to be this scary or even overly cheesy thing, right? It's not like share your feelings, you know? It's kind of like, no, it's, it's just get to know each other. Become friends. Because as your friends, you, you do that on your own, right? Like you, you, it comes naturally. And, and there's four what we call pillars of community groups here at, at Mountainside Church. So, so we, have, we have these four things that we do at every, every single group. And whatever happens after that is whatever. We can have a, a, a bunch. So we always have some form of scripture. Uh, there's always someone is praying. We care for one another. We're actually spending time with one another. And we always have a multiplying mindset where, where if we start a community group, we don't want to just end it there. And, and we don't want it to become clicky. And it's like, hey, this is our group. We're happy with our group. Everyone, this guy. It's like, no, no, no. We, we actually, um, you, you know, it can be like that for a little bit. But with the intention of eventually inviting others or turning that one group into two groups and, and getting other people involved so that everyone can be on board with this. And then after those four things, it's like whatever it looks like, we have totally opened it up, whatever. Like if, if you want to meet once a month or every week or whatever, like, you know, it's, it's if, if you need a group on Thursdays and only Thursdays work for you, perfect, go for it, you know. If you, if you need a, a group focused on being a great parent, I love it, that's awesome. What about a, a dog community group, you know, are you a dog person? <laughs> that's awesome, we should start a dog community group, you know. I'm talking, what, what about dodgeball? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Like we should start a dodgeball, or, or no, let's get real, like a monopoly group or like a risk group, you know, now we're really talking, you know. I don't know, but we love groups here at Mountainside. We value groups here at Mountainside because being a part of a group is what Jesus has modeled for us. And being a part of a group is how we become better disciples. And that's the whole goal, right? Becoming more like Jesus. And I know we, we, we often, especially in Canadian culture, right? It's, it's be independent, do it on your own, mark your own path, do it, do it, do it. But let me, let me just tell you, that is not how the kingdom of God works. That's not what the scriptures tell us. That's not how God has created us to be. We actually need each other. And there's actually levels in our faith and growth in our, our, our faith that you actually cannot achieve on your own. You actually need other people. I need other people. And, and this is the main idea that I have for us today. Is if we want to grow as disciples, if we want to become better followers of Jesus, if we want to grow in our faith, look, circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. And look, these rows here today are extremely important. I'm not saying these are not important. These are absolutely essential and vital. These rows of showing up to the Sunday service, learning about God, hearing preaching, that's so, so important. But look, circles, circles are so important too. Groups are so important too. I, I, I first heard that saying about seven years ago from, from another church and it just stuck with me. Wow, it's true. Circles are better than rows. And, and often we think growing in our faith is all about the Sunday service, but that's only a part of it. That's only a part of it. Sunday services are necessary, but it's actually not enough. And I, I, I heard one pastor say that, you know, you can survive in your faith alone. But if you want to thrive in your faith, you need other people to be in the journey with you, to be walking with you, to challenge you sometimes, to ask questions to you sometimes, and you can ask them questions and, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, so that brings us to our, 
2020 vision. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Our 2020 vision is, is simply this. Groups matter. Groups matter. Circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. And I think often we think groups are an option for our faith. And it's this, oh, it, it's, it's nice. And, oh, that's, that's cool. You know, like that, that, that would be fun to do. And, but, ah, oh, I just, you know, it, it, let me tell you something. It, it actually matters. It actually matters. Having others walk this journey with us. It will either make or break our faith. And, and we have an ambitious goal. And I believe with God, we can actually do this. Okay, so this is our goal. Our 2020 goal is for 70 plus people who are a part of this church. Let's call it 20, 71. <laughs> to be a part of a community group in Mountainside by the end of 2020. We're, we're setting a year for this, okay? When we are a part of a community group, we develop deeper friendships with each other. We help each other grow in our faith and become more like Jesus, which is just another way of saying the word discipleship. Discipleship. The, the logic we came with this, there's a couple cool things. We're, we're going to talk about it a little bit next week too, but uh, we have around 70 people here at Mountainside that serve on a team, that volunteer. And we figure, you know what, why not dream big? Why not aim for that for groups too? If we can have 70 people that serve, why not have 70 people that are involved in a group of some sort? And look, I'm not saying a weekly group even. You know, you have to like, oh, your Wednesdays are taken now. You know, like that's not what I'm saying. We're, we're, uh, we have a bunch of different ideas, but, but even just a once a month, you know what I mean, where we prioritize that. And I believe that with God it's possible. And let me tell you something. I am so excited for this year. I am so excited for this. It, and, and, and as we head towards this, our church is going to be the healthiest that we've ever been. Groups matter. Groups matter. We need to make this a priority, you know. Uh, we need to put this ahead of, you know, lessons or ahead of, you know, Disney Plus or whatever it is that we, we, we do, right? Whatever is taking our time. This matters. This matters. This isn't just a good idea. It, it really counts. It really matters. Uh, just real quick, the, the, some benefits of joining a group, okay? Um, you know, I think we have all, all three on the screen here. Um, there's going to be fresh spiritual growth that comes in our life. We're going to go deeper in our faith that we didn't realize was possible. Um, and it only comes in a group setting, actually. We're going to develop new friends and a sense of community that we didn't realize was possible. Uh, and we're going to have support. We're going to have support in life that we didn't realize was possible, that, that they come through group settings. They come in a group setting because that's how God designed us. God designed us to be together. God designed us to be in groups like this. And, and again, Jesus modeled it for us. Jesus modeled it for us. So how are we going to do it? How are we going to do that this year? Because that's a pretty ambitious goal. Pretty ambitious goal. Um, two ways we're going to do it, okay? Two ways we're going to do it this year. The first one is we're going to start new community groups. We're going to start new ones, and we're going to try to make as many options as possible that will work for everyone, okay? It's going to work for everyone. So here's some possible ideas, okay? These aren't like we're going to, we have them all set in stone and we're doing, but just over the course of the year, th this is our dream, okay? Well, we want to start a guys group once a month, you know? Um, we, we're talking about doing a junior youth group as well. Um, we're going to start with once a month and see what happens. We, we want to rent, uh, you know, whether this gym or maybe the United Church gym or whatever, just once a month. And... We want to have our youth. I mean, if we actually did the math, there's probably about like 15, 15, 16, 17 junior youth that we have here at, at Mountainside Church. And I, I'm just thinking how beautiful it would be to get together in a gym, you know, make them sweat a bunch, you know, do some crazy hyper games, do some dodgeball, do whatever. Um, and then at the end of that, have a quick little message and then break off into groups. 
and get our students to become just best friends with each other, right? And, and just really get to know each other. And at, at first in the summertime, uh, we did a little test run of this in the summertime at, at Knox Church. And we invited all the skate park kids and kind of the church, the, the people that aren't used to church or whatever. But we realized, let's actually flip it. Let's actually build a strong base of, of our kids first. And then we'll, we'll invite the community on top of that. And we believe that they're going to make a difference. And I'm just, I'm so excited for that. That's going to be fun. What about this? A, a parents group once a month. Let's read through just a parents, because uh, trust me, I'm not an expert at this, okay? Trust me. Um, but imagine just finding a solid book that we all agree on of just, yeah, this is, there's just some wisdom here. Let's go through this book and let's become better parents of how we raise our kids. Uh, what about this? We have some Burlington people here. What about a Burlington community group? And then, of, of course, do you have an idea to start a group? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's dream here. And, and I'm just really excited about that. Over the course of this year, 2020, of just starting new groups over and over and multiplying our groups and just making it, making it open and available for everyone, for every single one of us to say, yeah, this is where I belong. This is, this is where I go and this is where I learn and this is where I go deeper and develop friendships. Um, and the second way that we're going to make this dream happen, I'm really excited about this, is uh, new staff. New staff. And, and don't worry, we're still going to hire someone to, to run worship. We're going to get to that in the, the next little bit. Um, but I, I have a special announcement today. Uh, we are officially having Megan Foster join our staff team as our group's pastor. So I am really, really, really excited for that. And uh, actually, Megan, I'm going to call you, you forward here just for you to share a few words. Uh, shoot, I'm really, yeah, yeah, give, give it up, give it up. So we can... Sorry, I forgot the handheld somewhere. You can <laughs> grab this here. Um, so, so Megan has been running our groups uh, in a, a volunteer capacity for, for a little bit. But uh, Megan and I have been talking uh, recently, and we just think that the responsibility and the role should increase. And if you know Megan, she's just an incredible leader. And we're so excited to have her on the, the staff team. Um, you know, be at staff meetings, be at the table where we're making the, these kind of decisions. And uh, we're just really excited. So, Megan, why don't you just share your heart just for, for 30 seconds and, and maybe just uh, promote the, the events we're having coming up. So this is really exciting. Um, <coughs> I'm, I'm a, a little bit of an introverted extrovert. I don't know if anybody in the room can <laughs> relate to me at all. Yeah, right? Um, and so the idea of stepping out and going to somebody's house and joining a community group was a little bit daunting for me at first um, until there was an event where everybody got together at once um, and then it kind of broke off into community groups after that. And let me tell you something is that um, meeting week after week in a community group, I started to recognize an emotion in myself that I have never felt before. It was the purest form of joy that I have ever experienced in my life. And um, it's something that I want for you, wholeheartedly want other people to experience this joy. And it, it's not the joy that we kind of can relate to happiness. It's the joy that only comes from God. And because I, the reason why I knew the difference was because I had had a terrible day and somebody in my community group messaged me and was like, how are you doing today? Are, are you, you know, are you happy or are you having a bad day? And I'm like, I'm having a terrible day. How did you know that? And just over time, we just built this friendship, and it's just this inexplicable joy that I just want from you, and, and I know it's only found in community. 
So going back to um, the, the idea of meeting as a whole, we're going to launch something in a couple of weeks that's really exciting. And all the community groups that are presently happening are going to be on a sort of pause. And we're going to take three weeks, and we're going to invite everybody from Mountainside who is in a community group, who wants to be in a community group, who wants to start a community group. We're going to invite you all together. So we have rented the uh, Binbrook Memorial Hall just on 56 here on Monday nights starting on January 20th. So that's two weeks. Um, and together we're going to have just one mass community group where we go through a series called Inner Circle talking about community and godly relationships. Um, so actually Alyssa has a little promo video back there. So we'll just play the first little clip just so you can get a taste. In a time where we have more friends and followers than ever before, how can we still feel so lonely? We need relationship that's deeper than the surface. We don't need people who just like us, but those who will push us toward purpose. We need a crew, a posse, a clique. We need an inner circle. Awesome, thank you. So we're going to go through this three-part series talking about the importance of having an inner circle, having a godly relationships um, around us and how that can push us forward. So we hope that you will join us. We're going to put more of this info on Facebook, um, but we're starting January 20th, 6.30 to 8.30, um, Monday nights, and we'll go until February 3rd. So really excited for that. Hope that you can come out uh, and, and start this amazing journey. Yeah, awesome. Give it up for Megan. Come on, show some love. That's great. Yeah, and, 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 you know, as Megan and I were talking, we're just thinking that what a great way to maybe test out a community group is versus going to someone's home. You know, sometimes it can be a little nerve-wracking or kind of whatever, depending on your personality, this kind of thing. But showing up to Memorial Hall, you know, just down the road over here and having a bunch of people there, you know, it, it's, it maybe that can be the perfect first step getting into groups. And we, and we want to do this every once in a while, every couple months have a, a night like that and an event like that where maybe that can be your first kind of dip in the water, right? First toe in the water there, just kind of checking, checking things out. And we, we were also talking too about how, you know, sometimes in, in the past community groups, we'd have, there's almost this pressure and, and it's kind of this unspoken pressure of, you know, oh, uh, our group has to be like 10 people or else it's not a good successful community group, you know, like, and we have, like, well, maybe there's a season where, like, one community group will be, like, really big, and it's like, oh, this is, like, the good one, and then it's like, it, you know, just for whatever reason, it's like, oh, there's only, you know, three or four people at our community group. Oh, it's not that good. Maybe let's just cancel. We, we, we're kind of realizing we want to redefine what a successful group is. A successful group is not just a large group. A successful group is when friendships are being developed, and you're actually okay with just three or four people at your house. You know what I mean? So, so we've kind of decided that a, a, the definition of a group is going to be at least three people at a group from three different houses. You know what I mean? Maybe couples count as one, but just three households, three kind of people traveling in. I think that's a hugely successful group. You know what I mean? So, so I, I, I really want to challenge you um, if maybe you're thinking, hey, maybe I could, I could maybe start one. You don't need to be, uh, you know, some spiritual genius. You don't need to be some fancy. You just need to be willing to say, hey, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I could open my home to this. I could, I, I wouldn't mind meeting someone else, this kind of thing. So talk to Megan or myself if you have any details about that. Uh, and you can also email Megan at uh, just Megan at mountainside.church. 
and uh, she can get back to you, okay? So we're really excited for that. Um, and so just as we're getting towards the end here, um, underneath every chair, I don't know if you, if you were a curious person to look, but basically underneath every chair, uh, it's just a little community groups info sheet. Uh, you know, we tried to strategically put it upside down so you wouldn't notice. I don't know. You probably got the hint, though. Um, but I really want to challenge you. If you could do me a favor and fill one of these info sheets out today, uh, and leave it at the back info booth, just at the little glass bin there. And basically, it's saying which days work for you and what group preferences you would have, okay? Um, maybe you need a group that meets on Wednesday nights that has childcare, okay? We, we want to know that because we want to set that up to, to actually make it work for you, okay? Um, I, I want to make a note, by handing this in, it doesn't mean like, oh, great, I've, I'm in a group now. I've been like recruited and like suckered into some. You know, that's not what this is. This is like literally it's, it's an info sheet, okay? Um, and at the bottom it says, um, you know, whether email, phone call, or text message, best way for us to contact you. All it means is Megan might send you a text and say, or, or call or email, whatever it is. I'm assuming most of you are text. But it will just be, hey, um, uh, we don't. We either don't have a group right now available with this stuff, but we'll keep you posted. Or hey, what you filled out actually, we have a perfect group for you that you would fit into uh, perfectly, kind of thing. Um, so if you could do me a favor and fill one of those out um, and leave it at the back, that would just really help us understand kind of what groups we should be aiming towards. Because again, we want to make it that's open for absolutely everyone, okay? And, and just another note too, I'm not saying we all need to go, like right now this very instant go join a group. This is going to be a 2020 goal. You know, we are going to be pushing this all year round and giving you updates and talking about this a lot. Um, but we're just really excited for what God's going to do in, in this church community. We really believe that as we prioritize this, as we focus on this, um, just every area of our church is going to be strengthened and, and God's just going to have his way and do good, good things, okay? If we want to grow as disciples, circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. And maybe you're here thinking, you know, I'm, I'm new to this. Uh, I don't even know if I believe in God, so this is kind of weird. You know, you're asking me to go to someone's house. Like, what, what does this even mean? Uh, I, I, I want to challenge you. The best way you can learn about who God is and, and who he really is is through developing friendships with other people that have faith in him and by being a part of a group, okay? So, so I challenge you, even if you're brand new in your faith, this is perfect for you. And, and we really believe here, like I said at the very beginning, we believe here that Jesus is the son of God, that he came from heaven to earth, that he died on the cross, and he rose again. And because of Jesus' death, because of his resurrection, we can actually have a relationship with God. That God actually gives us a new start, he gives us a new beginning, he doesn't hold the past against us, and he has life for us ahead. And it's actually life in its very fullest. It's actually life in its very fullest. Okay, so I challenge you, if you've never made that decision, say, okay, God, I have faith in you. I believe that you are there. I'm going your way instead of my way. Uh, just ask him. Put your faith in him today, and, and he's there for you, okay? Um, and, and as we do that, I really do believe that that message about Jesus, it, it will move from just words to uh, it, it's going to come alive. It's going to come alive, okay? And maybe you hear you're saying, Michael, honestly, I've followed Jesus forever, and I'm already in a group, and, you know, none of this applies to me because this is a, then perfect. That's, that's amazing. I want everyone to be just like that in this room. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Please be a cheerleader for this this year, okay? Please get behind this. Talk well about this. Let's, like, every time we talk about it, go to the person beside you. Say, you got to be in a group. Hey, you're in a group. You're going to come to my group, you know, and just, just get people in on it, okay, because it's so, so 
important. So I, I'm going to call the band up. We're going we're gonna to sing one more song just as we close. But I, I just want to speak this over you this year, okay? I just want to speak it in faith um, that God would, would do this, that 2020 is not like last year. 2020 is not like 2019. 2020 is going to be a year of growth for you. It's going to be a year of favor for you. It's going to be a year where we realize in a new way, in a fresh way, about who we actually are in Jesus and who Jesus really is. Okay, I'll, I'll speak that over you, every single person a part of our church. Um, but look, we need to take this step of faith though, okay? We need to take that step of faith. The 2020 vision, that groups matter. Groups matter. That circles are better than rows. Look, for 70 plus people to be a part of a community group at Mountainside by the end of 2020, when we are part of a community group, we, de- we develop deeper friendships with each other and we help each other grow in our faith to become more like Jesus. Amen? Amen. I'm really excited for this year. I pray that, that you are excited as well. Um, so why don't, we, why don't we stand up let's, as, as we sing this final song. And as we sing this song, this song is called Waymaker. We sang it last week as well. And it's about how God makes a way, right? God can do anything. That God can change any situation, even whether, whether we feel it or whether we don't. So I'm wondering, as we sing this, can we just sing this in faith? That God is making a way for this vision to happen this year? That this goal would actually be accomplished? And, and, and maybe let's ask God to help, help us find out our role in this, what this looks like. Whether it means taking that step and saying, okay, I'm going to make the priority to join a group. Or I'm going to host a group. I'm going to talk to Michael or Megan to find out where I can be yes, uh, best used, whatever that looks like. But as, as Neil sings this song, let's, uh, let's pray and let's just give this to God, okay? Uh, we're very... Very excited about what God's going to do. We also next week have two more special announcements. January is the month all about special announcements. Uh, So that's next week, two more. Um, So let's sing the song and and then we'll close off. Wait, man.